20. I'll just um, read again that verse that Ali read earlier. Verse 12. <coughs> Exodus chapter 20. What a rascal, eh? I was looking at that so carefully there and I thought, this isn't right. Uh, if I'd managed to get the fifth commandment out of that, that would have been some preaching. Okay. From verse 12. <laughs> Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then I'm almost scared to turn to this verse now. Ephesians chapter 6. I think I've got it right from verse 1. Where it says, Children, honor, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy your long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I just thought as I read that, how come the fathers get picked out and know the mothers? Eh? They must be especially exasperating, which sort of uh, ties in with what I've been told over the years. So yeah, okay, let's just come and pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word, for the fact that it just applies to every area of our life, that it's practical and related to the way that we live day by day. Lord, just show us how to walk through this commandment in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we live today in a society where I think respect seems to be in remarkably short supply. And I'm sure most of you would agree with that. We live now in an increasingly rude world where what once, where what once was called common courtesy is now far from common. A world where respect for people, property, Government, the forces of law and order, now I think seems to be at an all-time low. You catch snippets of this on your TV screen and talk shows and reality shows and documentaries and sometimes you maybe think, you know, they must be exaggerating here. They must be. Things can't have got that bad. These people they put on TV must be extreme cases, you know, that they have to to search and hunt for, and then you find yourself, for one reason or another, walking through a Scottish town or city centre late on a Friday or Saturday night, and it doesn't always have to be a Friday or a Saturday, and suddenly you realise, you look around you, you think that, yes, things really are that bad. Law and order, the very underpinnings of our society, seem to be in danger of collapse, and so you wonder... How has all this come about? Where have things gone all wrong? Just what, in fact, has gone wrong? Well, for a start, how about looking to the media for in most of the, the comedy and interview 
chit chat that you see on the, on the TV screen, the trademark humour is sarcasm, isn't it? It's the put down. And the usual target is one or other figure of authority and go a bit more upmarket, the political interview. Have you ever noticed how increasingly rude and aggressive many of these interviewers are? Robin Day, he perhaps kind of gently started this ball rolling, but those who followed him have far exceeded the master. For instance, does anybody know a ruder man than Jeremy Paxman? And I was quite content about that until I found out he had a grandmother from Glasgow. But, you know, I'm all for searching questions. But the way that he treats with disdain and sometimes ridicules those in positions of authority, I don't know if that's really all that good for the health of the nation. However, let me just tell you now, where I believe the roots of this problem actually lie, of a lack of respect. I believe that they lie within the home, within the family. For it's there that the foundations of respect, it's there that the building blocks of respect, it's there that are supposed to be laid. And that's what this fifth commandment here is actually all about. Honour your father and mother. Somebody's fainted, I think, at the very thought of it. <laughs> you see, we're supposed to lay down the principles of respect within the family. With these principles then being worked out, then being applied and worked out as we live our life in society at large. However, as I'm sure you all know, and as we've in fact covered as we've worked our way through these Ten Commandments, that the family in our time, in our age, is an institution in a state of crisis. Marriage and the family have been for the last 40 years or so one of the, the main targets for attack by the so-called intellectuals in society. The upshot of this being that many have rejected the traditional view of the family. And even those who are still living within that context often seem to be embarrassed by it, or at least to undervalue it. So we've got many children today growing up in single-parent families where sometimes, certainly far from always, but sometimes respect for authority isn't really a priority and where it can be incredibly difficult to instill and maintain any kind of respect for authority in the face of a society that stands against us. And then we can have other families where material things are maybe more highly valued than people and relationships and standards. Where parents are, are, are too busy making money to spend time building quality values into their children's lives. People who think that, that buying their children the latest gimmick is more important than giving their time to their children. Well, you know, I want to say it now that children, when they're young, are really great at putting pressure on us by saying those famous words, everybody else has got one. 
But I would say, be careful and be wise. Because later on, they might break your heart when they ask, where were you when I was young and I needed you? Perhaps the most disturbing development in recent years is that more and more couples, largely because I think of material considerations and the the pursuit of pleasure, are actually putting off having children until as late in the day as they possibly can. You know, what do they call them? The dinky couples, double income, no kids yet, trying to live a kind of Peter Pan, eternal youth existence. And who, when they actually have their children, increasingly it's usually child, well, too often that child becomes their latest fashion accessory. Dressed, impressed, indulgent to the extreme. I read somewhere that that Gucci produced a child's jacket for £1,250. Imagine playing in the park in that. But you see, imagine coming back and saying, I've ripped it. Wow! But you see... It's the breakdown of the family in all its different and varied forms. It's the breakdown of of family relationships. And so because of that, of respect for authority, it's this fact that this happens within the family. It's this that's led to the breakdown of respect for authority in our wider society. That's led to what one writer I read during the week, what he described, as a prevailing culture of contempt. So then, if the roots of the problem lie in the family, then if we're going to begin to sort things out, then we need to begin in the family. We need to begin by building again godly principles right back into the foundations of our family life. And we're better to begin that process than here with this fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. So let's just think then about what it means to honor our father and mother. Beginning with the very simple question, who do we honor? To which you might well want to retort, yes, this question is simple. It's so simple that why are you bothering asking it? Because isn't it stated here as clearly as it could possibly be who we are to honour? Well, of course, in a real sense, that's right, and it is. But let me just take a minute or two here to highlight another problem that we have in modern life today. And that is the fact that in our kind of society... Modern healthcare has now led to the emergence of another generation. For you see, it used to be that you used to just have, when I was young, the retired. With the majority of the retired just living for a few years after retirement and and a much smaller minority enjoying real long life. Now though, you see, you've got the active retired who are living very happily, enjoying a life of fun and enjoyment, sport and travel and leisure, and who often wouldn't be too chuffed by being described as old. And then we've got others 
who could perhaps more accurately be called the elderly, people who really are slowing down in the last season of life. So the way then things are going in our lives today, you can find people who are middle-aged, maybe more often late middle-aged, even active retired, who are still providing for their children, because it's hard to get out of that, while at the same time are actually caring for their own parents. You see, to the one lot, they're an old fogey, and to the others, they're still a young whippersnapper. Now, you see, that can make life confusing. I mean, people in that situation, are they to be honoured, to give honour, to do both, or what? And I believe that the best way through here, what really is a confusing maze of roles and emotions, is to remember simply that it is parents who are to be honoured. If we are parents, it's someone else's responsibility to honour us. And there's not too much we can do about that, whether they do it or whether they don't. But no matter what age though we are, and no matter what age our parents are, it is our responsibility to honour them. And as far as, as parents go, I would define their responsibility as to be honourable. That is, to seek to live lives and to be an example that actually inspires respect and honour and some kind of given over of authority. I believe that's part, at least, of, of what Paul's getting at in Ephesians 6.4 when he quotes this fifth commandment and then adds to it, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That is, don't take advantage of the honour your children give you. Don't abuse your authority. Instead, be what you should be, an example to your children of truly godly living. But this raises another question, though, doesn't it? That if, as children, no matter what age we are, God calls us to honour our parents, then how are we to do this? How do we honour our parents? Well, I believe we do this in in different ways, depending on the stage that we're actually at in our lives. So young people, young children, honour their parents as they are taught to obey them and then actually do it. But you see, as children grow older and necessarily grow more independent and have to make more and more of their own choices, well, they honour their parents by listening to them by taking seriously their point of view and by giving weight to their parents' advice because they've got that extra little bit of experience of life rather than trashing them, ignoring them and walking out of the door if we don't agree with them. Then, as both we and and our parents get older, go through life, well, we honour them by continuing to listen to them. And by allowing them their independence when they're able. And then by giving them whatever support they might need when we can along the way. Maybe though, there are some of us here this morning 
who are asking a deeper-rooted, more fundamental question here. Yes, maybe this morning our question is not how do we honour, but rather how can we honour a parent? How can we honour a father or a mother who maybe emotionally or physically or in whatever way at some point in the past has abused us? Well, let me just say to you right now that God hurts for anyone who's in that situation. The Bible tells us that anyone who sins against children will be judged extremely severely. Matthew 18.6, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. However, though, for those who are Christians today, and in fact, I would advocate this for everyone, but normally it takes the almighty power and grace of God to enable this. For those who are Christians, your responsibility, no matter what, towards your parent, is to honor them, to give them basic respect. Now, key to that, I believe, Wherever you can, you've got to deal with what is past, preferably maybe with your parent. You've got to bring it out into the open and, you know, give them the opportunity to repent that you and they might know the real joy of forgiveness and of full reconciliation. But no matter what, you need to get to the place where God's love and power, by that love and power, where you can honour your parents. And I'll tell you why. Because until you do, you are going to be held at least partly in chains, emotionally and spiritually, by the pain and the bitterness of your past. And you might not be able to sort out entirely what's happened in your life and what's been done. You can't sort that out. You can't get that full reconciliation. That's their responsibility. But what you can do is no matter what, Honour them. Give them respect. During the the week, I read a a few words of testimony from somebody who's in just this very situation. And there, that person, they spoke of a determination, this is their words, to keep my side of the relationship clean. Whatever wrong my parents have done, I will choose to show them respect. But I, I do want it to be to be clear here. When I talk about forgiveness and when I talk about sorting things out and you know giving people honor no matter what, I'm not talking here about hushing things up. Because secrecy and emotional ma- manipulation are the stock in trade of the abuser. Nor rather, I, I do certainly believe that serious abuse should be dealt with and should be punished as appropriate. But you see, what I'm trying to do is, with God's help, try and look beyond that. Try and look beyond that. Maybe, though, there are those who are here today who fall into another category as we think about here of how we can honour our parents. For maybe you weren't abused by your parents. No, you were perhaps abandoned by your parents or you maybe lost your parents at an early age. 
And that's my personal circumstance. Both of my parents were dead by the time I was 11 years old. Listen then to what it says in Psalm 27 in verse 10. It says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That's maybe not relevant in every detail to your circumstances. But what basically that says to us is that God is the father of the fatherless. That when we're in that place that God has a special love for you. And though you maybe have no other family, he wants to make that up to you within his family, his church. And I, I can say that that has worked out in, in my life experience and in Elaine's life experience. For both my parents are, are dead. Elaine's family, when we first got married, weren't Christians in that sense. But you know, God has been a father to us. And more than that, as we moved around the country in ministry, particularly in our early marriage years, again and again, God provided for us mature Christian couples who acted in a way as father and mother, even as grandparents to us and our children. You see, God welcomes us as a father into his family. And he welcomes us into the family of his church. And he is worthy of all the honor we can give him. So let's just finish then by looking briefly at what happens. And what we can expect to happen when we honor our parents. Well, listen again to Exodus 20, 12, which... Ephesians 4 tells us is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is given you. Now, Stuart Blanche, who's a, a former Archbishop of York, he, he says here of this, and rightly I believe, that this is not a promise of individual longevity. Rather, it's a promise here given to the people as a whole. It's a promise that's given to society as a whole. And that is that a society that honours God, a society that honours Him by honouring those He's placed in authority in the family, that this kind of society, based on this kind of solid foundation, will flourish. Take God out, though, of the foundation. Take the order God has ordained out of the family. You know, you only need to switch on your television set. You only need to open your paper. You only need to look around you today to see the kind of society that produces. I've blown the place up. And we're not finished yet. Who knows where we're going to end up? But, you know, let's not be downhearted. Let's not be downhearted about this because this cloud does have a silver lining. And that is the fact that the people today out there in the world around us, in the streets around us, where we live, people out there, they know that family life is falling apart. They know it because many of them are enduring the pain of it. And never mind what the intellectual forces in this world say, 
People still want a stable family and they still want the kind of safe, secure, stable society that stable families produce. Well, in the Bible, in the Word of God, we have got the kind of teaching we have there in the Word of God, the basic principles, such as that we've touched on this morning, that with God's help, with God's enabling, can lead us again to produce families that can rebuild society. Yes, we can help people again in the different phases and different areas of family life. We can help them to build, to rebuild their families. But you know, here's a thought. In the church here, we do a course that's running just now called Christianity Explored. It's a great introduction to Christian faith. But how about beginning to develop something that can run in between Christianity Explored? How about getting a hold of material that's about parenting and about family life? There's just so much of it around today. How about us advertising and running also courses like this? You know, getting people in and letting them see that the Bible is relevant, that it works in real life because these kind of courses, it's under the surface, the biblical teaching, but the principles are there. So we can... Take people through that and then say to them, how would you like to come on a course called Christianity Explored where you can see and learn a bit more about this Christian faith that's fundamental to life? I would love it. Maybe God's calling you to get yourself involved in this. If he is, let me know because I'd love to see it happen. Let me just finish with a a story, a little story that I hope will help us all to see whether we're parents or children, whatever stage we're at in life, that, was, that will help us to see just how important and relevant this fifth commandment actually is. And it's the story of a family where a, a married couple had both their children and their parents living with them. Anyway, Grandpa was getting a, a bit old and sloppy. And at meal times, he tended to get his soup and his porridge in places where they shouldn't have gone. I identify with Grandpa. Now, the parents felt concerned about this, and they, they remonstrated with the old boy, but he really couldn't do anything about it. And in the end, they didn't allow him to sit at the table with the family anymore. He just had to sit in a corner of the room, a sad, pathetic figure. But being isolated didn't help. In fact, it, it, it just and it made the situation deteriorate more and more until it became that he couldn't even handle a knife or fork anymore. So what they did was they put his food in a little trough and he was made to pick it up with his fingers and just stuff it in his mouth. Family life, though, as far as the parents were concerned, went happily on. Until one day they noticed the children had been away for quite a while. And they, they looked around and they tracked them down to the garden shed where they were working away together, busily sawing and hammering away at pieces of wood. And the parents were interested by this and amused at it. And so they asked, what is it you're building? 
And back came the reply, oh, it's a trough for you when you get old. You know, we all end up on the receiving end at some point. The way we treat our parents, the way society actually treats the elderly, that determines the kind of society we'll build, the kind of families we will have. So I say to you, no matter what age you are now, if in the future you want a family life worth living, if you want a world worth living in, then you need to take this fifth commandment very seriously. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Let's come and pray together. Father, we just come again to the challenge of this word and recognize what it says to us about the way that, that we treat in our families the, the older generations, but also the way that we treat in society those who are older. And Father, we know that it has an impact that as societies begin to show disrespect to the older generations, that 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 society is a society that's in a course for disaster. Lord, help us to be a caring, loving, respectful people. And this we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now what we're going to do now is we're going to sing a closing song. And after we've sung that, that song, I'm going to welcome in just before communion.